This podcast is powered by you. To find out more, go to stdpodcast.com slash support. Welcome to STD Podcast, a Star Trek Discovery podcast, an unofficial podcast about the CBS series Star Trek Discovery. Hi, I'm Clarence, and I'm joined by my fellow co-hosts slash Trekkies, starting with the Who Story himself, Cal Jones. How's it going, man? Oh, dude, I can't complain. It's going pretty good. I'm uh, fresh out of Black Panther this weekend. Just finished watching uh, Doctor Who uh, for tomorrow's review. And yeah, getting ready for Pensacon. So I'm not complaining. How about yourself? Doing well, man. Doing well. Can't complain. Cannot complain. And also we have our fellow co-host, Jeremy Barrow, the Gate Storian. How's it going, man? It's going good. I'm actually going to go see Black Panther after we're done here tonight. Oh man! So, so I can't. I can't. I can't spoil you. Is what you're saying? <laughs> you, you, I, I'm probably the one person in the world who's okay with spoilers. <laughs> that would actually help me decide if I'm going to go see something or not. You uh, want to go see this movie? Trust me. I've been excited about this movie since it first was announced. So I was going to go watch it regardless. You can spoil it. It don't matter. I'm no. going to go see it. Nah, we wouldn't do that to you, man. But it's definitely worth going to see, man. So, uh, yeah, cool that you're checking that out. And uh, any of you guys out there that may be listening that want to hear me and Cal, along with Carrie, who's not here tonight, talk about Black Panther a little bit more, you should go to DiscussingComics.com where we do a full spoiler-filled review of Black Panther. So, Cal, uh, we're going to be headed down somewhere later this week. Uh, Do you want to talk about that, man? Yeah, um, this weekend we will be going to Pensacon, which we'll have Doctor Who, we'll have some people from Star Trek, we'll have um, just a little bit of every type of fandom that you might want to partake in, and the biggest con that we've been to so far. So yeah, excited about that. Yeah, yeah, Captain Lorca would be there, <laughs> along with our data, Brent Spiner, and um uh, I think it's some more Star Trek people that uh, escaped me right now, but there'll be a few more down there as well. But yeah, um, like you said, a lot of who, who people as well as uh, Star Trek people down there and pretty much everything else is going to be a good mixture of, of different celebrities um, in science fiction and fantasy. So it's going to be pretty cool. You, you know, of all the people that we saw, I will have to say, if I had if it was not a Doctor Who person, I would be interested to talk to the lady who was Madame Gal in uh, all oh. the Marvel Netflix. That would be very cool. Yeah, she will be down there. That's she will be, be down awesome. there. Yeah. Yeah, the cool thing, we're going to be down there hanging out. And if guys, if you listen to this podcast and, you know, you might see us walking down there with, uh, what, Discussing Who shirts. Uh, I think yeah, we'll Discussing Who. Would would have had discussing comics, but eh, Kyle messed up on an order. But yes, oh. discuss, discussing who? Yes, no, absolutely. No, no worries, man. But guys, if you're down there, uh, you see us, uh, you want to just you know say hi. Uh, that would be cool. We'll make our day. So uh, hopefully, we'll see some of you guys down there in Pensacola, Florida, this weekend. What is the? It's all weekend long, right? The twenty. 20- Correct. Yes. Yes. Cool. Yes. 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 And a quick shout out to someone that we hopefully will see. Uh, someone that you met on the coast uh, around October last year, uh, Suzanne Bowen from Suzadi. Oh yeah. Um, 
yeah, so interested to meet her. So you've met her. I haven't. So, yeah, uh, definitely interested. Yeah, yeah. She does uh, cosplay jackets. So really cool work she's doing around, you know, helping people make the ultimate cosplay suit, uniform, costume. Um, so, yeah, yeah, we did a review with her as well. And that's also on the Discussing Comics feed. And you definitely should check that out as well. So, guys, what we do here on this podcast is we review each episode of Star Trek Discovery in somewhat excessive detail. In addition to, the, to talking all things Trek. Uh, guys, if you want some of our bonus content, where we're like a little more off the rails and just pretty much talk about anything, but mostly Star Trek related, I uh, should definitely check out our Patreon where we have bonus behind the scenes content. And that's at uh, patreon.com slash STD podcast. So definitely check that out. If you don't want to give anything, that's completely fine. But you can still follow us on Patreon and still be notified when some of the exclusive content becomes uh, more general and is not behind the exclusivity wall. So definitely follow us on Patreon and uh, a lot of cool stuff there. Today, we're going to, going to be going back and taking a look at season one of Star Trek Discovery. And man, what an up and down season it has been. But first, uh, we want to get a little bit of a rata. Uh, we got some feedback and, uh, got in, in the myriad of places. We got an email. We got a YouTube feedback as well as Kyle saw one of our friends in what was the place, Kyle? Comet Commander in Ridgeland, Mississippi. Yeah. And that was Matthew, right? Matthew Tunich? Correct. Matthew Turnage. Yes. Turnage. Turnage. I'm sorry. So Matthew and all these other people wrote, and I'm going to actually read James's uh, response because he left us a comment on our YouTube channel, which you can get to at youtube.stdpodcast.com. It'll take you right to it. Subscribe there as well. But James writes, hey, guys, love the podcast. You're one of my favorite top discovery recaps. Just want to let you know that while Starfleet headquarters is in San Francisco, the United Federation of Planets Parliament is in Paris. That's where the president of the Federation hangs out. As seen in part two of episode of an episode of DS9, where Starfleet tries to stage a coup, a Federation and Cisco and the boys have to stop them. Burnham gets her pardon from the Federation government in Paris and chills with Sarek, who probably works there since he's an ambassador. Looking forward to the awesome work you guys do in season two, and hopefully you delve into more Trek in the off season. Yes, yes, James, we do plan to delve into more Trek in the off season. I uh, haven't really scripted what we're going to do yet. We're kind of up in the air, kind of just deciding exactly what we're going to do. I think we may read some books, do some do some comic book reviews as well. There's a top. There's a few Star Trek comic books out there. So we're going to be doing a few things to try to fill the gaps. Uh, <laughs> I think we're going to have a long time to wait. So, um, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll have some fun stuff, though, nonetheless. Well, um, I guess we're ready to just go ahead and get into it. Now, I have a myriad of questions here and we can just like elaborate on these as much as we want. If you guys want to interject to throw in a question, it's completely fine. So, um, and I guess I should go ahead and fire off the spoiler warning because pretty much everything we say after this point is going to be a spoiler. Spoilers. Red alert. All hands stand to battle station. What gives you the right? You cannot destroy an idea. At ease before you sprain something. So, guys, 
What are your overall thoughts of the first season of Star Trek Discovery? And I'll let Jeremy go first. Just overall thoughts. Um, it was good, but it felt like every other series first season of Star Trek where it just is taking a minute to find its voice. Hmm. And this one had a hard time doing that, I think. They, they crammed a lot of stuff in the first season and it didn't all fit together properly. But it was still a good first season. <sighs> hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I totally agree with that. And uh, I not to get into the next question, but it just seems like a lot of it was just there for shock value and it was, and in that sense it made right. it feel less like traditional trek it was right. very, very much uh we're going to pull the rope from the chair from up under you you know we're going to really shock you at this one point to get you hooked which it worked for the most part but <laughs> but it definitely did not feel like anything we've seen from any season that I know of of star trek uh what do you, what do you think Cal all right, so I'm going to respectfully disagree. I think it had a voice. I think it had a voice that was quite different, and I think it also, you know, had a purpose in the story to distance itself from, you know, literally what had come before and boldly go, no pun intended, <laughs> to where no Star Trek had gone before. And yes, you know, to comment on your shock value, yes, there was some shock value, but we're looking at something that was offered on Netflix, that was offered on a pay-per-view or not pay-per-view. Well, yeah, it was paying for viewing um, here in America. So, yeah, I, I think it did have a have a voice and it was a voice that captivated me and that actually hooked me. So I guess I fall into that you know subset of fandom that liked it mainly because it wasn't your grandfather your father your cousin brother twice removed or whomever's star trek yeah i mean and when i talk about the shock values i mean it it wasn't like it was just once or twice i mean it was constant throughout the season maybe maybe near the first half it was a little less uh obviously because they're setting up a lot of the 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 uh moments that they're going to shock us with later um but i do feel I mean, we got a little bit of that in the whole thing where Burnham commits mutiny. Uh, I think that was the first shocker that we really got. So, I mean, just overall, uh, did I like that in, in this season? I think it worked. I think it worked very well. But, you know, going back to, is that something you see in a Star Trek show? I mean, normally, I can't think of anything like that in any other series and maybe somebody out there listening can give me an example of any shock moments uh anything near what we got in this season and i can't think of one really I just, I'm thinking on. all right so may i may may i ask you guys a question yeah all right sure. so in a starship you've got say uh, let's just say a complement of 500 people on a ship i mean i don't know if there's that many or not but just just say 500 there's going to be characters or people on that starship that are, aren't going to get along. There's going to be some sight unseen things that are going on inside that ship. But I see the other Star Trek series as there's this invisible, maybe a Q type person that is um, Star Trek series 
uh, public relations that's showing us <laughs> the best and the brightest of the Enterprise, the best and the brightest of the Voyagers, and et cetera, and so forth. You're not seeing these people that are walking through the halls that you never know. But this one, you saw the people that were walking through the halls that you never know to some degree. Hmm. You would never have had Ensign Tilly in Star Trek um, The Next Generation. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't. You would have had, you know, Lieutenant Commander Tilly yeah, in there. Well, well you did have... Um, you had Ensign Kim on Voyager. Yeah, but he was still... Too. I mean, he's yeah. not as awesome as Tilly. He didn't get quite the character push that Tilly got. But he's a bridge officer, though, so, though, so that's a little... A little different, I guess. And he was an instant at the time. So he, he was a decorated, well, not decorated, but he was a, a assigned officer on the bridge. So that, I, I would probably compare it more to Wesley. Um, cause Wesley really came in as a nobody and kind of took his place on the ship. I mean, well, daughter of, I mean, son of the doctor, not a nobody, but he definitely kind of showed, especially at first season, showed how smart he was and he kind of earned his way into being a bridge officer. So, I mean, really from nothing too. So if I was going to compare Tilly to anybody it would probably be him. Um, but personality being totally different. <laughs> I mean, right. I, yeah, I don't think there's been anybody in a serious position that has had the personality of a Tilly that we had this season. I mean, of course you had other people like what Neelix and, um, I guess Rom eventually became an officer, but but they were never like the one of the main people at first. So moving right along, um, I guess we should talk about Burnham's arc. Um, how do we feel about it by the end of the season? Do we think this whole redemption thing has been earned? Do we think it's believable? Um Jeremy, you mentioned like so much stuff being thrown at us. I mean, do we really feel that everything that she's been through really wraps her arc up as this, this, this outcast of sorts after, you know, this mutiny event? Do we think she's really think, been redeemed? I don't think so. A hundred percent. I think she's getting, she's almost there. I think they just kind of forced that last bit on us to kind of put it all in a neat little package. But I think. I think I think she's still got more to go to be to be completely redeemed. Hmm. But she is. But but she she's worked hard to get where she's at, and she did it with her heart. You know, she did it for I guess the right reasons. What she had, what she thought she had to do. But I just don't think she's there yet. And I would like to see that continue a little bit more into the second season, and not just you know let that just be a first season thing and we move on. Yeah, I mean, hmm. it, and it's almost been like a. I don't know if it's a calamity of circumstance. I don't know if that's the right way to put it, but um, if it had not been for Lorca rescuing her from that prison transport, she probably would have never had the chance for redemption. And, right. Yeah. And I, I just, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it, things happen that way because it is a television show, but you know, I just find that really weird and just lucky for her. Um, because yeah, I mean, she look how good she is. You know, uh, one mistake. I guess you can bounce back from one mistake. May be the main point. Uh, what do you think, Cal? Yeah, and I guess I'm serving as the voice of dissent for this episode. <laughs> I mean, I and I really think that I was satisfied with her redemption. Number one, because I uh, 
not necessarily that I agreed that she did something wrong, but she did do something wrong that did have repercussions. And, you know, there should have been, you know, repercussions to that. However, there is a difference in doing what she did. And then let's say she took the starship and, you know, purposely crash landed it, trying to kill everyone. Different circumstances, different motives. I think Saru or the characters Saru and his actions and his reactions to her from the first couple of episodes to how it progresses toward the end. I think he plays quite a pivotal role in my acceptance of her redemption because I didn't see so much of a change in her per se, but I think through her own actions, someone who at first was rude, condescending, didn't want her there, didn't trust her, turns in by the end of the season to trust her pretty much, I would say, 85 to 90 percent trusting her by the by the end of the season. Hmm. Yeah, it's funny because I kind of um, I kind of really was unhappy with the whole scene we had of of, you know, once. Tyler Vock was revealed and he had his, the, the Vock portion excised from his, his brain. And that scene where he's in the, in the, um, he's in the, um, he's eating, he's eating and all the officers come and sit with him. You know, I thought it was very cheesy, but now that I go back and I look at kind of how Burnham, how Burnham came to the ship as this, mutineer this outcast and when if i really want to be fair to tyler you really have to think that they really accepted her regardless of what she did as well you know she did some pretty bad stuff but for the most part they pretty much accepted her except stamets he was a hole to everybody in the beginning um but but i mean despite her circumstances they still you know pretty much let her into their world. So I just want to say that just to give Tyler a little break. Cause I was hard on him. <laughs> I was really hard on him because, you know, I just couldn't accept that they would accept them back into the fold so easily, but yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think her arc was very good. I, it, it did feel rushed at times, but again, um, it seems like in large part, she was, pretty much Lorca's fool or Lorca's, uh, I'm going to say play thing, but <laughs> I mean, her circumstances were really in a good place because Lorca wanted her around and she know, was Lorca's tool. She was yeah. a tool and, and, and fortunate for her, <laughs> fortunate for her. Uh, yeah, but good stuff. Good stuff. Any other thoughts on Burnham before we move on to the Klingon war? Very good actress, very good character. And I like her on walking dead too. <laughs> <laughs> um so let's talk about the klingon war what what do you guys think of the scale um the completion or just the overall arc of the klingon war in the first season of discovery i felt like we missed a lot of it because of this whole mirror universe storyline and i would have liked to have seen more of the war and then maybe you know more of the mirror universe later you know, focus on one and then get to the other. But I think, you know, the mirror universe kind of took away from the Klingon war. And I would have liked to have seen more of that. Yeah, I I, kind of have to agree with you there. So I'm going to break my disagreements and agree with you. I think if I was disappointed with anything out of this season, the wrap up of the Klingon war was very 
contrived and was very much of an episode where we have to neatly, semi-neatly or whatever, wrap things up real quick. I just, it, it wasn't believable. And it was just, the more you think of it, was like, uh, you invested so much time in setting this up and this is how you 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 wrap it up. So, yeah, I, I have to agree. I have to agree there. So, Clarence, what about you? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's especially when you you look at how they set up the scale of what the war could have been. And think of what we saw at, in, at, at the Battle of the Binary Stars in the beginning, those first two episodes. Think of the scale we saw there um, and think of what we saw at the end. <laughs> it, it seems like two different shows, doesn't it? Right. So, so well, you, you know, the Klingon War has a greater impact on you know, if you look at the original series or the Next Generation, where they're still talking about it, they're still seeing repercussions of it. I feel like we were cheated of that bit of canon, of that bit of history, to put the later series or earlier series, however you want to look at it, into perspective as far as the Klingons are concerned. Yeah, I mean, and I do feel maybe they could be fooling us a bit. Maybe it isn't really over. Maybe Laurel's plea with the iPad of Doom does not uh, uh, ultimately win the houses over on her side. Uh, okay, I'm sorry, but when you said that, it might, what popped into my head, and I've just got to say it. Meanwhile, at the iPad of Doom. Sorry. <laughs> and that's kind of how it felt. That it felt kind of cartoonish. So, yeah, yeah that was appropriate. <laughs> Yeah, we have this big war that was kicked off by Burnham killing a Klingon, turning into um, uh, an iPad, <laughs> ultimately resolving the war. And the five ships turned around to head home. Yeah, it 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 did not feel like the scale it should have felt. Totally agree with you guys there. And also, I mean, I mean, you mentioned this, Jeremy, like the whole venture into the mirror universe took a lot of the sting of what the war could have been. Um, right. And, and and along with that, you know, it kind of felt like, and I may have mentioned this in the last episode, uh, we ran out of money. Let's stop doing uh, CG space, space battles. <laughs> Let's go on the planet and finish this. <laughs> Cause I mean, we didn't get any of that in the second half really of the season. Well, go ahead. Well, the thing is, in my opinion, you know, they're they're both really good storylines, but they were both broken up by each other. So we were really kind of robbed of two good storylines for the sake of one season. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I mean, just to go into the mirror universe, I guess it's our next uh, topic. I, I really liked what they did in the mirror, mirror universe. I think it was very solid. Um, I think biggest gripes we've we've kind of talked about. I didn't like. Um, the moment when they dropped out of warp right in front of the, the, um, Sharon, I think this name of it. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, overall, I thought the mirror stuff was really strong, really, really strong. I love the ties into the, to Enterprise slash or in the original season series as well. Um, just a really, really strong arc and unexpected. And yeah, I, do you think we'll go into the mirror universe again? Ah, uh, I, I and I know that I'm in the minority in this opinion, but I still say that their universe is is a not the but a mirror universe when more than one. They, you mean who? The, I'm saying that we're more like uh, yeah, kind of a multiverse, not just a single you know 
mirror universe one and one one to one ratio i'm meaning like jeremy said um multiverse and i i still say that this is not the real timeline wow you are serious about that aren't you i really am i seriously am (laughs) and and i read somewhere and i wish i had a reference to it but i read somewhere that even the mirror universes like the emblems that they were wearing or showing for um their badges differed uh-huh. from the mirror universe's badges in the original series. Uh, come on, man. We're talking about a show that's so freaking <laughs> old. Does everything have to be spot on? Uh. Wibbly wobbly, timey wimey. I mean, I can, I can do, but I'm just saying if, if five seasons, 10 seasons, three seasons, whatever from now, and they reveal that this is a mirror universe, I want to go back and say on these episodes, I said blah, blah, and blah, blah is what happened. So you're saying this is not the TN, the uh, Star Trek of old prime universe. This is a different prime universe is what you're saying. I'm saying that it is possible. That's, that's, that's Mm. what I'm saying. Hmm. And I can see that. I can I can totally see that happening. Um, depending and depending on if that's where they want to go and how they do it, it could either be you know really well done or just a really cheap cop out. But I, 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 I but that's very feasible to me. You know, I I think the telltale sign would be if if we see Spock on the Enterprise, because that's something they said would not happen. They said he would not be in the show. So to me, they, they pretty much stood on their word on pretty much everything they've said so far. So I think the only thing that would lead me to believe your theory to be true, Kyle, is that they start going back on some things. And I haven't really seen them go back on anything just yet. All I'm going to say is we have had a episode where someone and I apologize for not remembering his name and I certainly should wrote in feedback that basically said, Three things. Kyle was right. <laughs> oh, boy. I rest my case. Oh, boy. All right. You've created a monster. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so let's 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 talk about Lorca a little bit. Our our, our dark captain for this season. Um, Again, another one of those shock moments was his whole arc, I guess. Um. What do we think about Lorca? Um, are we are we satisfied? Yeah. Well, are we satisfied with his ending? And do we think he's gone? No to both. I'm not satisfied. I'm still kind of salty about that whole ending. Actually, Um, I felt I felt like you know, like I said earlier, the the whole mirror universe arc could have been stretched out and moved so that way we get like a full focus on the mirror universe and more Jason Isaacs, who I love as an actor. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> he's awesome. I mean, Harry Potter, West Wing, you can't go wrong. Everything he's in, I enjoy. But I, I think they it was they, they ended that part too soon, and I, I'm just not convinced we're done. He's mm. going to be back one way or another. So I'm not certain if the Lorca that we see again is the Mirror Universe or if it's the other Lorca. I have a feeling that the Lorca that we will see – Maybe even the captain that they're about to pick up, perhaps, will be this other version of Lorca that will be on a ship with people who maybe wouldn't trust him. But then again, as soon as I said that statement, I'm thinking, okay, these people know that there are duplicates of everyone, so they're going to come in 
accepting that. So I kind of disproved what I said at the same time. So, but no, I think, I think we will see him again, but in what form? I, I'm just not sure. Yeah. Pro- probably Prime Lorca will pop up somewhere sooner or later, I guess. Um, but I mean, well, let's talk about somebody else that got killed off. Uh, what about, um, uh, well, Culber? Do we think we see Culber again? Or is he just gone? It would have to be Mira Culber if we did see him. Uh, I don't think I we think will. I think he's gone. Just so we have two gones. What do you think? Nah, poor Stamets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think he's probably out for the count. Um, yeah, yeah. So many deaths in this season. Has there ever been a season of Star Trek that had this many non-red shirt deaths? I guess we didn't have red shirts. Uh, <laughs> but man. Maybe that's why they created red shirts. <laughs> All their good people or their high people or their popular people or whatever getting killed. Well, I mean, I, I would guess in uh, the first season of TNG, the, it was pretty bold move to get rid of um, Tasha Yar. I think that was a pretty, pretty bold move. Um so yeah, it's not like it's unprecedented, um, but still, just the amount of people, the sheer amount of people that have died in this season, felt very Game of Thronesy. You know, I I have to say, and again, I'm I guess I'm obsessed now with Game of Thrones. But one thing about, I mean, not Game of Thrones, um, uh, Walking Dead. But the thing that gets me about Walking Dead, and one thing that I actually enjoy about it is. I don't know because I won't read any spoilers or read anything about it, but I have, I have no idea when anybody is going to be killed. And I think I like that about Star Trek too, or discovery because you attach yourself to these characters. But if you don't know that, or you have a feeling that any of these characters could go at any moment that, that I think just brings a good layer I mean, yes, we had Beverly Crusher leave. Yes, Tasha Yar was killed off, uh, which was, you know, unusual. But usually in a series type show back when Star Trek was really on the air, if someone left the show, they left at the end of the season and what didn't come back the next season. You didn't have it mid season or something like that. So I, I like that personally. It does keep an air of suspense to it. And I, I agree. I like that. But um but yeah, I, I do agree. I, I do like that aspect of it. So, uh, what do we think about the spore drive? Do we think it's this new crazy zany technology um, has really panned out to be a good thing? Um, it, it certainly allowed for some interesting plot um, devices, if that's the right word. <laughs> uh, it, it definitely pushed the story along in a lot of ways that without the spore drive, we would not have been able to do. Um, so, I mean, what is our overall thoughts of it, the um, or even how it works? Uh, any thoughts? I'm not going to lie. I'm still confused by the whole bloody thing. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. like it. I think it's a neat idea, but I, I don't think they've kind of fleshed it out enough to where it's beyond just a really neat idea. So I'm not sure how it's going to work going forward. Yeah, I kind of agree. I say it works well for their universe. Yeah, and I, I'm also I'm kind of surprised, or I say just say it doesn't feel like it was necessary to have it to have it be triggered by some person or animal being in it. That that whole part of the sport drive just get you know, and kind of the bare bones of how it works. That whole part felt just kind of out of place. 
Um, it yeah. Seemed, seemed like they could have just had a computer that does all that stuff. And, you know, um, it definitely made sense. Again, it aided for as a plot device for, for the story to move along to have, you know, Stamets in the spore, uh, spore room, spore machine, spore, whatever it's called. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It, it it was it was a major part of the story, but to me it was kind of unnecessary. It seems like it could have been thought out just a little bit better, but I don't know. I don't even know if we'll see the spore drive anymore. What do you guys think? They kind of downplayed it the more the the more the season went went about because at the beginning of the season it seemed like it was all about the spore drive, but towards the end of it is like okay, we have it, it's here, we're going to use it, but that's really about it. Yeah, but if you look at it from the character perspective at the beginning of the season it was all about the spore drive because the spore drive was the ruby slippers that sends dorothy home so uh, you know so um yeah so i mean it you know from Lorca's perspective you had to get it working it had to it had to work because there were there was no going back without the spore drive in his eyes he needed it to get home right exactly nobody really it's no, I won't say it's unnecessary because it really is necessary, but it's it's less dependent now that Lorca isn't there. Yeah, and it's also that also that presumably the war is over. Um, is is almost one of those those technologies that it's too powerful for to get into enemy hands. I it's mean, like the transport drive from Voyager that <laughs> they tried to. Use, you know, it, it, it's neat for what it was used for, but beyond that, yeah, you know, yeah. The, beyond the couple of episodes that they. they talked about it it's really just kind of off in the background just there yeah i mean and, and i mean again like just as far as it, it, the discovery falling in enemy hands that could turn you know a war around because it's just that powerful and you know of course they weren't able to replicate the the sport technology in time for the war but you know if any other it's almost like the nukes <laughs> if any other <laughs> If any enemy gets a hold of this, um, it could be detrimental to to um, the Federation as as a whole. So I don't know. It's going to go away eventually because we don't see it in the future. But how? I'm not quite sure. So are are we satisfied with the whole Tyler Vock arc? Do we, are we satisfied work to where he ended up uh, gallivanting with Laurel? To uh, to help Klingon human relations, Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> uh, no, uh, contri- contrived, rushed, uh, anticlimactic uh, build-up, suspense, and bleh. so no, wasn't was not you know was not happy at all. That sounds about right. Yeah, I mean it's it's almost like they worked so hard to get to that moment. I mean, it was several episodes that set up this one moment, this one moment where we get the reveal. And it seems like once we got said reveal, they did. They had no idea what to do with it. (laughs) And that was one of the things that really built up a lot of chatter online was, you know, the speculation of is he, you know, and, you know, people going and looking at cast lists and et cetera and so forth. You know, that helped create buzz for the show. Yeah. And then you just kind of that buzz just falls flat. Yeah. I mean, it hands off to the writers for creating such a mystery to where, you know, this is what everybody was trying to figure out. And it was fun to be in that moment 
where people are speculating. We did our fair share of speculating on this. And ultimately, you know, like, again, like once we finally did get that reveal, you're like, well, okay. Uh, what is he going to do now? How meaningful was it? You know, I think it would like, I think Carrie may have said it. It may have been more meaningful for him to die than to keep him around. Cause that kind of just negates the whole uh, gravity of him going through this and getting this reveal. Cause it's just like, you know, he, he survived it. There's nothing wrong. He's, <laughs> he's still Tyler. It, uh, it, it, Tyler almost reminds me of one of those characters, like from the earlier season, the earlier series, like, you know, DS9 and Voyager, where you meet this person at the very beginning of the episode. And, you know, for that episode, he's going to be very important. You get this whole episode about him. And at the end of it, you get the big reveal. And then you never hear from anybody from the next episode on. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of what I'm getting the feeling from from him. So he just doesn't feel that special beyond that one little, okay, he was Fogg. Yeah. Okay, that's great. Let's move on. That, that's just the the feeling I'm getting from his whole arc. Yeah. No, I mean, though, I do think we will see him again. I'm I agree. Definite we'll see oh, yeah. him along I with I think we'll see Joe. both of them. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, oh, you said both of them as in? Oh, oh, I mean, I mean her, whatever okay. her name is, Laurel. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, so guys, favorite moments of the season, or favorite moment, if you had to single it out, to, single it out to one. Um, Kyle, what you got? Oh, that's that's. I don't know if I have a, a favorite moment. I really don't. No, 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 no. I, I, I'll name it. I'll, I'll, I'll name it because this this was a turning point for me was when they got to the mirror universe and we saw Tilly become Killy. <laughs> and I'm not and I really am not trying to be funny because I went at that moment from <laughs> dissing this character to liking this character. And you know, so I, I guess that has to be my favorite moment. Yeah, that was pretty freaking awesome. Captain Killy. <laughs> Captain Killy. What about you, Jeremy? Um, the Saru speech on the bridge. This is our ship. We're taking it back. Oh, by far. You took mine. <laughs> we can share. It's okay. Yeah, that that yeah. I think Saru's speech. That was the moment where the show started to feel more like classic Star Trek to me. Um, right. Just freaking phenomenal. And of course, Doug Jones is an excellent actor. So yeah, he, um, he always surprises me in the role of, of Saru, uh, what he's able to do. And I think they talked about this on After Trek or with, with the amount of prosthetics that he's wearing, he can still manage to get evoke emotion because you can see the emotion on his face. And I don't see how that is. <laughs> well, and the- he did that with Pan's Labyrinth too. Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know if you've seen that movie yet or not. It's an awesome movie if you haven't. But you know, it, you could see the emotion. You could feel the emotion coming through, and that's all him because that's. I mean, he he's a prosthetic actor. He knows what he's doing. He knows his yeah. stuff. Yeah, and if I was to get, you know, I, I guess I won't cop out. I'll give give a favorite moment as well, and I'm gonna just go back to up top. Um, the moment where Burnham. Uh, goals against Giorgio. I mean, that was just the ultimate shock um, coming from, you know, having watched the other series and jumping into this new series to see a first officer do that to her captain is just mind blowing. And, you know, from that moment, I was pretty much hooked on the series. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that that would be my moment of the season. Just just meant that was a great moment. 
it, that, that was a I, that, that was a moment that got me hooked as well because mm-hmm. you like I said you just don't see that in, in the other series yeah that at I, least not on the pitch yeah yeah I had to watch that one many many times because I was like is this, is this really what happened <laughs> but but let's move on a little bit uh favorite character from season one go ahead Jeremy Saru definitely Saru <laughs> agreed Saru was awesome and, and you know I liked him from the beginning because I like those convergent uh, Grumpy characters who, you know, just, I don't know, that, that's my favorite type of character. So he had me from that. And then he just grew into his own person. So he, you know, grew beyond his species, I guess you could say. He grew from being hunted to, I guess, being a, to, to being a leader. Yeah. Yeah. And especially he, he got to shine a little bit in the episode, uh, Let They. I think that's the right one. Am I remember? Was it? No, it was, uh, CV's Payson Parabellum, I believe, was episode uh, where they're trying to um, get the antenna working. Right. The crystal yeah. tower. Thing. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. He was he, that was that was his moment. Uh, loved him in that episode. And like I said, Saru is one of those characters who, you know, are kind of embodies everything I like about Star Trek. <laughs> right. And, and he's definitely, I mean, like you said before, Doug Jones is just phenomenal in that role. Kyle, what about you, man? A favorite character? Should I even ask? No, I, I you know, I, I've just got to state re- really again, I have to give Mary Wiseman credit for, you, you know, for, for making me like Tilly. Because Clarence, you've made references uh, on our other shows that I have a tendency to like, to dislike things. And, you know, Tilly started out being my dislike on this show. So I've got to say the fact that I ended up liking her. She has to be my favorite character for me to have that much of a change. Yeah, man, I agree. I agree because she, man, um, she got to be captain. <laughs> oh, I thought you were uh, agreeing that I like to dislike things. <laughs> No, well, I agree with that too. Um, uh, Jesse Eisenberg, anybody? Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, I totally agree. Um, she has, I mean, I've mentioned this before. My favorite characters are always those ones who start off at the bottom at, on the Star Trek series. And by the end, they have progressed into almost a different person. And she is on her, well on her way to doing so. Um, and I wonder if she'll be able to keep her comedic values as she, gains and rank i'm not sure <laughs> but we'll see <laughs> you know they may be bringing back jesse eisenberg into star trek discovery to play the the the, the creature that was the spore thing maybe hey he could probably pull that off he can he might could do that yeah uh, i could see that wow. yeah. haters haters in the house haters. i mean really <laughs> uh but but for me a favorite character um Man, I'm gonna have to say Burnham. I'm be very cliche about it. Um, she is, I'll, I'll throw quotes. I'm doing quotes right now on the air. Main character, Burnham. Is she really the main character? She is as it relates to the story, but I do feel like we haven't seen the best of Burnham yet. Um, cause you know, it's, this is almost a Star Trek series where to me, we don't really have a main character. Uh, we're supposed That's to be fine. Right. I was going to say she's more of a lead character, but not a yeah. main character, not a main character. Yeah. We, we, we are supposed to be following her, but you know, she in a lot of episodes, she's like in the back backdrop. She is around for those critical moments 
and she plays a role in a lot of those critical moments. But, you know, again, this story had many twists and turns interleaving in all different fashions. And, you know, she was she was the main point or the lead, like you said, of a lot of those things. But we did get to see a lot of other characters in this show. Um, but I do like her um, again. I, I liked it from Walking Dead. And, you know, I just want to see her to see what happens to her uh, from this season forward, because, you know, this whole redemption arc is is it though it felt rushed. We did see her get her redemption. Uh, but, you know, I think the sky's the limit for a character. And, uh, you know, I'm really anxious to see what they do with her going forward. So favorite episode, anybody who wants to go take that one? I don't know if I have a favorite episode. I just think. For the most part, everything was enjoyable to me, so I, I don't have an answer for that one. Jeremy? The first episode, the pilot episode, I think was oh, my favorite. The Vulcan Hello. Okay, I can get yep. that. So so mine is just like, just as near and dear to my heart. Um, magic to make the sanest man go mad, the time loop episode. Uh, just that ph- was a- phenomenal. Phenomenal. I, I love, 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 love time loop episodes. And, and this, this hit on all cylinders. Um, having Harry, Harry Mudd go crazy in it, um, was just a bonus. <laughs> so, uh, how many ways can Lorca die? But, but anyway, yeah, I mean, I love that one by, by far and away. My favorite, well, the most fun I had in the episode would be that one. Uh, and I really, really loved it. So guys, let's go ahead and try to wrap this thing up. Um, hmm. Any any grievances about season one of Star Trek Discovery? Anything you just did not like? It just didn't sit well with you. And we may have hmm. talked about most of them already. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go back to the um, split in the season between the uh, Mirror Universe and the Klingon War. I think they should have split those off and let them each be their own. And not have one arc right in the middle of another one and yeah. just let us see, you know, see them both out. Cause I, I, I don't think we really got, I didn't get any good closure from either one of those. Yeah. 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 I, I, I kind of have to echo that. I don't necessarily echo the part of splitting the two to, you know, into two separate, but I do agree that the Klingon thing seemed totally contrived I think I would have rather have had a whole season of Mirror Universe as opposed to a full season of Klingon War, personally. But uh, I, I, I do think something was lost. I'm not sure what that is, but I think something was lost because of that. Yeah, and I'll echo what you guys said. I mean, I, I just think the the I like I like the slight change in the pace of the last few episodes. But that being said, I would have liked a little more. Um, finality to uh, well, on screen finality to to the Klingon war. Uh, of course, they did end it. But, you know, like we, we you both just said, it didn't real, really feel like an end to a war. It just felt like, OK, let's come up with a solution real quick because we're out of money and the season is over. <laughs> That's really what it felt like. So I wish we would have got that a little more flushed out. Um, honestly, that could have been another two or three episodes at the end. But, you know, it, you have to take money and things like that in consideration. Um, so I'm pretty right. sure that played a big part in in how they ended the season. So do you guys think there will be more episodes next season? Hmm. I'm I'm mostly comfortable with a 10 to 12 epi- to 13 episode season. Uh, 
I wouldn't want any more than well, we had fifteen this season, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't want any more than fifteen. Because when I'm catching up, I don't want to have to slug through a twenty four episode season or a twenty two episode season. I, like in the old days, yes. Yeah. I think if you can give me fifteen solid, um, I would be much more happy with that. And and even thirteen solid episodes. That being said, I don't want to have to wait two years for the next season. So <laughs> Right. I'm 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 hoping they go ahead and announce when the next season will will come out. Hopefully they've already, you know, started turning the wheels to start shooting. Uh but but I don't wanna wait forever to to watch another season. So that's kinda wild out with that. Um, I had least favorite character on here. We'll kind of skip that. Just go with any final thoughts on the season that we haven't talked about or that you want to bring up or even predictions for, for next season that you might have. Hmm. You know, I would have to say I didn't expect, I know I've said this before, but since we're wrapping up the season, I'll say it one more time. I didn't expect to like this as much as I did. And I'm glad I liked it as much as I did. So there. That's my thoughts. Final. That's my final thoughts. Well, I'm probably the Star Trek newbie of the group because it's only been the past couple of years that I've started watching it. So I really didn't know what I've never seen a new Star Trek series, if that makes any sense. No, it makes total sense, so, man. Yeah. So I never so I didn't know what to expect going into it. So I had like almost no expectations. and I, I enjoyed it. Ups and downs all the way through. So I'm just I'm hoping next season they kind of keep, you know, I like them to keep me guessing, but not keep me disappointed with what they build me up to and then drop on me and then walk away from like with Ash. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's funny because that you say you've never seen a new Star Trek series. I guess I've seen a few. I, I pretty much jumped on Enterprise when it first came out and I had just really started getting uh, into Trek about, you know, I guess midway through, um, um, well, actually, it was a couple seasons into DS9, and then when Voyager started, I started watching Voyager when I could. Of course, we talked about it before. It was on UPN uh, that we could barely get, I guess, at the time until they eventually. Then they eventually moved to 40 down here. Um, mm-hmm. But but it was hard to watch. It was hard to get to actually find the episodes to watch for some time. So I mean, once I could watch it and buy it, I did. Definitely got into it. I, I did see Enterprise from the beginning uh, while I was airing, so that was fun. But but you know, as far as watching a new Star Trek season, I think I'm pretty satisfied. I really really enjoyed it. Were there things I didn't expect? Yes. Uh, did it not always feel like Star Trek of old? Yes. But then again, we probably didn't want it to. Uh, if it would be very easy for them to keep churning out the same thing. And I think they have to kind of advance with the times. Um, you know, they were more risque, uh, more, right. uh, more, a little more harsh curse words in this one, a little more <laughs> sex. Uh, of course, a, a huge, huge budget, which, which, greatly aided to the quality of the show we got. And, you know, I don't even know if you can do, if you'd want to do a high budget old Star Trek. You know what I'm saying? We we have that. It is the Star Trek movies. <laughs> right. Pre-Abrams. I don't know. I don't I like the changes. I, I like that they're going uh, for something different. It may not always hit, which is understandable. You got to, again, this is the first few seasons. They have to try things until they find something that 
really, really works. I really just hope they continue with the writing to make the writing great because it seems like the writers are passionate having seen them on After Trek. Uh, it seems like they're really, really passionate and really love this property. And I think they'll do it justice ultimately, but you don't want them to just stray too far. So we'll see how it goes. I'm excited about season two and hope we get it sooner than later. <laughs> cool deal. Cool. Cool. Well, um, I guess lastly, I want to do this and I don't know how it's going to turn out. Let's give a one to five rating on the season. <laughs> We've never done ratings on the show. <laughs> So mm. it's kind of hard since it's the first season, though. But but if you had the rating on a scale of one to five uh, on all your knowledge, you know, from Star Trek, uh, including this season, what 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 would you rate it? Four point seven five nine. That's very specific. <laughs> and I don't know why, but I just wanted to say that. <laughs> that work, works works for me. Works for me. What about you? You round up if you want to. <laughs> I'll go with a 3.5. Oh, wow. Wow. Pretty low, sir. I mean, that's still, I mean, look, I've been watching like straight up watching. I'm a couch potato. I've been watching a lot of TV for the past 40 years. So it's it's hard to impress me even when it's really good. So a 3.5 is actually pretty good for me. Ah, ma. Well, think, what about you, good sir? I think I'll come in around a 4.5. Uh, really, really loved it. Uh, I want to just leave a little room because next season, if it's better, <laughs> I need somewhere to go. Uh, but, uh, 4.3, 4.5, somewhere in there is one we're rated. Really, really good, solid season. Um, I'm just hoping people that have not watched the season actually go and sign up for the free trial or whatever and binge it. And, and maybe in the next month or two, we can have a, a, a bigger scope of opinion rather than people just saying, I'm not going to pay for CBS all access, you know, so. A big barrier to get across. And that's something else we, we didn't really talk about. But, um, yeah, the huge barrier of CBS All Access in America, uh, probably led a lot of, to a lot of the angst the show got early on. So we'll see where that goes. Um, they have just came out and said, I think it was, um, Moonves. I forget his first name. Les the, Moonves. Les Leslie Moonves. Yeah. Said that they are, are, um, they doubled their subscription. Since beginning of last year, year over year, um, in their, uh, 2017 quarterly report, fourth quarter report. So, so it seems like it is getting better Uh-oh. now. Now I kind of expect that subscription to drop off. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> now the Star Trek is over, <laughs> but we'll see <laughs> what he says in the first quarter of, of 2018. We'll see if he's still touting the numbers. Um, but yeah, yeah, cool. And which I think they're expecting some of the numbers to go down. So, I mean, I, I hopefully they calculated that into um, what what they're looking for in the future. But, yeah, guys. So, uh, if you want to check out this podcast, if you're not already subscribed, please go to stdpodcast.com and subscribe to it, as well as our YouTube channel at youtube.stdpodcast.com. Yeah, and also we're on Twitter at std underscore podcast and Facebook again at std podcast definitely subscribe and and keep up with us because we're going to be diving into other things um as we have a bit of an off season and and we're going to keep you up to date and, and with all the star trek discovery news as well as we got some some toys and whatever other merchandise is coming out in the star trek world we're going to keep you up to date on it and um we'll go around the horn and see what these guys have been up to and let them give their parting gifts 
And I'll make sure not to miss this guy. Let's start with Jeremy Morrow. <laughs> Do you have a parting <laughs> gift for us, sir? Um, no, I guess not. I mean, I, <laughs> <laughs> cool. I just, I'm just, uh, just steady being me. That's all I can do. Cool Working, beans. watch TV. Cool beans. What about you, Cal? I, you and I, as we've already discussed, can, oh, good, good segue discussed. Uh, we can also be found on discussingcomics.com where we talk comic books, sci-fi, movies, all that good stuff. And of course, at discussingwho.com, talking Dr. Who. And yeah, so we're, you know, we stay busy. So here you go. Cool, guys. Well, next episode, I'm not quite sure what we'll be doing, but we will have something for you next week. And until next time, guys, uh, live long and prosper. Thank you for listening to the STD Podcast. For more information, go to stdpodcast.com slash subscribe.